The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to a late, late, late night version of the Varsity Club podcast. It is 2 a.m. It's 17 a.m. at the moment. 2.17 a.m. And we are podcasting live from an undisclosed location, a random NBC Suites uh, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Jacob Padilla sitting across this very small table <laughs> as we podcast from our hotel room. Jacob, how are you? Well, I mean, I'm actually not that tired, surprisingly. Yeah, because we're still like three hours away from your usual bedtime. Fair. And honestly, I mean, just a little jazz after that match. I mean, didn't didn't exactly go the way Nebraska wanted it to, but it was a heck of a night of volleyball. So that that, that is what we're here to talk about. Uh, we obviously had the national championship Saturday night. It is now Sunday morning. <laughs> Uh, Saturday night, Nebraska played Stanford for the 2018 National Championship. Uh, we're going to talk about that. We obviously can talk about excuse me, Thursday's Final Four win over Illinois if we want to. Um, we haven't podcasted since Nebraska basketball last played and beat Creighton, so we'll talk about them way later because Sunday evening at 6 p.m., they're playing Oklahoma State. We're not going to do a ton of talking about Oklahoma State, but we will be talking about Nebraska ball. But first volleyball because yeah you're right that game match was so damn entertaining i mean that was truly a fantastic finale for the volleyball season yeah so how um you're a guy that i mean you followed along with the volleyball obviously uh cover nebraska but you haven't really you haven't been on the beat you haven't been that uh, kind of ingrained in it how do you kind of as somewhat of an outsider feel about volleyball on this Nebraska program coming away from this weekend up here in Minneapolis. So every time I watch Nebraska play, like I like like volleyball was always something that I would, you know, it would if it was on TV it'd be like, "Oh, okay, let's let's watch this." And I would come away thinking like, "Okay, these athletes are the things that these women can do is just insane." Um and then I moved here obviously and Nebraskans are crazy about their volleyball. Um so I started paying attention to it a little bit more and Nebraska is insane. <laughs> They're very good. They're very good. Uh, but I, I don't think, like, watching them on TV does not do justice to how hard Michaela Fecky hits the ball. <laughs> not at all. Okay, side note. This is what I wanted to talk This is actually what I wanted to intro with. How many times have you been hit in the face with a volleyball? Honestly. Have you ever been struck? I have not, no. No? Okay. I've, I've been lucky. I was dead convinced that it was going to happen, that I was going to get smashed in the face with a volleyball. At two two of the matches this weekend, one, of, one time it was going to happen. <laughs> It didn't. Uh, I got really close, though. I did feel the air of a ball really close. right over the top of my head that hit the uh, Daily Nebraskan uh, writer sitting next to me. Square so. in the side of the yeah. face. And I was sitting to your left, and he was sitting to your right. Correct. And so, like, <laughs> we were very close, and we were also very close during the, the Final Four match against Illinois. That yeah. almost happened then, too. Yeah, you kind of did a full-body flinch when that ball flew by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, because... Like, okay, so my reasoning was, and I wore my glasses today, so it 100% would have happened. 
Um, so my reasoning was, when I was a kid growing up, I was always getting smashed in the face with balls. Like, <laughs> sounds horrible. <laughs> Footballs or soccer balls were always just finding their way into glasses. It would always hit glasses. It would never hit forehead. It would never hit chin. It would always hit right square in the glasses. So they would break and get all weird and bent and and, and all kinds of crap like that. You're supposed to catch with your hands, not your face, Derek. Well, I mean, when when I'm standing in the bench, <laughs> indoor soccer, and I'm standing over on the bench watching the play and looking back and talking to somebody, and then all of a sudden a ball comes flying through this this these two bars that are like maybe four feet apart. <laughs> like I don't, there's not a ton of reaction time. Head on a swivel. Like, <laughs> so I was I was concerned that it was going to happen. Uh, and then as I was watching Michaela Fecky just murder volleyball after volleyball after volleyball, I was like, okay, if I get hit, I'm, I'm going to get knocked out. Yeah. It's going to be <laughs> put all over the internet. But it didn't happen. <laughs> it did not. We made it through. Uh, but to your question, they look amazing. This is, the, I mean. You know, I, I don't, I don't know the team as well as some of the other people do, and, and I tweeted this earlier tonight. But four straight Final Fours now, like yeah. that's not ending anytime soon. Like they could, they could easily be back there next year with the talent that they have coming back. Like I know Fecky and Kenzie Maloney are seniors and they're leaving, yeah. and, and all of the the great things that they've done for the program and the culture setters, culture keepers. <laughs> there you go, Scott Frost, <laughs> the, the culture keepers that <laughs> those two have been, but. Lawrence Stiverance is awesome. Yeah. And, and Nicklin Hames is a freshman. She's amazing. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like Nebraska- Hot take. Best freshman on Nebraska's campus. <laughs> Woo! Best freshman. Woo! Uh, sp- sports player. Sports. <laughs> sportser on Nebraska's <laughs> campus. Sports person? Sports. Sportser. <laughs> sportser. But, yeah, I mean. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah, it, it does. You seem rather excited. Um. Yeah, Nebraska is losing. It's a good it, match. Yeah, Nebraska is losing its two best players in uh, Michaela Fecky and Kenzie Maloney. And in a minute, I'll get to just what those two have meant to this program and kind of look back on some of their numbers. But they're bringing everybody else back. Twelve of their fifteen players. Seventy-three point three percent of their team. Correct. That is the percentage is returning. Accurate. Yes. To um, the tenth decimal <laughs> point. Correct, and that's where you should always go to. Does it go to three three? Uh, I don't Is remember. it like the, the never-ending 3-3-3-3-3? Three, 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 three? Uh, 12 out of 15. I keep yeah. derailing us. Yes, Continue. You do. <laughs> your point. Don't make me do that kind of math in my head on the podcast. It's not going to go well. But, yeah, but they're, I mean, that's, you're bringing, you start six players. You're bringing four of your six starters back. You're bringing uh, a couple of key reserves back that played huge roles. And you mentioned Lauren Stiverns. Man, she was unbelievable. Like she, the whole career high nineteen kills. Yeah, she hit six fifteen. Yeah, that's really good for those of you that don't know volleyball percentages and stats and things. That that is really really good. If you hit two seventy two eighty, that's pretty solid. She hit six fifteen, <laughs> which is insane. Yeah, you and, and we had the uh, the final records, the the records for a finals match in front of us earlier, and I don't know where it's at now, but six fifteen is up there. Yeah, in terms of. It, it might not be top ten because when I was looking at it before the match, if I remember correctly, there were, people were in like the eight hundreds. Yeah, but six fifteen is very very good. It seemed like every time 
she was getting involved in a play, she was making a momentum swinging play. Yeah, and most of the time you get in the sevens and eight hundreds, it's when you're like seven out of ten, eight out of ten. She took twenty six swings tonight. They went to her again and again, and she finished with what just three three errors. Which even that that felt high watching the match. It felt like maybe once or twice she missed. And it was um, Nicklin setting her up with the Stiverin slide. Yes, that. Yeah, Did that, I create a hashtag tonight? Uh, I don't think I've actually used that. So yeah, you probably did. Um, yes. good for you. Cha-ching. <laughs> that it, it was coming def- for your job. <laughs> uh, well, you can't have it. You, you stick to football. I, I I like covering this program. Okay, but uh, you're covering the winningest program. It, indeed, yeah. That's I mean selfish. I, well, yeah. You look. I I've been covering this program four years now. Four Final Fours. You're, trying to you're, say wel- you're welcome, Nebraska fans. I mean, I got on this beat, and Nebraska lost more games <laughs> than it's ever lost. <laughs> yeah, they are 500 with you covering the volleyball program as well. So maybe we should keep you away from Nebraska sports teams. They almost won a, final, they almost won a national championship with me here. What are you talking about? Uh, and they probably would have if I was if it was just me there. Anyway, but getting back to... Uh, okay, no, yeah. get up, get up, no, leave. <laughs> I'm going to wait for John to get back with the McDonald's, and we'll we'll do the rest of this podcast with him. <laughs> but anyway, looking back on uh, Fecky and Maloney, their careers, um, like we just mentioned, four straight Final Fours, they are the one kind of, outside of John Cook himself, Those they are the one kind of um, uh, common denominator in all four of these matches. Well, let me segue uh, this for you. Runs. Let me segue this for you. Twenty-one and one career record in the postseason. Twenty-one and two now after twenty-one tonight, and two now. Yeah. Uh, Fecky tonight, Saturday night against Stanford, became the program's all-time leader in postseason kills, passing Sarah Pavin. She finished with a career high twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. Tonight. Yep. Yep. So she finished her career with three oh three oh nine three oh nine. Okay. Yeah. Incredible. Yes. That and so they're losing the the culture part, but they're also losing some of the most productive players that they've ever had. Yeah, you have those numbers, but yeah. Me? So yeah, okay, first in career kills, moving past Pavin, who's one of the best uh, in program history. First in career attacks by a lot. She was only two behind Pavin coming into tonight. Um, so she's one that they've gone to in the biggest moments. Um, second in career aces uh, behind Jordan Larson, another in- incredible program legend. Fourth in single-season kills this year with 101, and third in single-season attacks. So that's uh, Fecky. And Kenzie's got a few records of her own and is up there. Kenzie Maloney, the libero. She only had 100 kills this year? Uh, this postseason. Oh, postseason. Yeah, that's, yeah. We're just talking postseason numbers right here. <laughs> that's that's all I'm talking about, NCAA tournament numbers. These players are at their best with uh, when the, on the biggest stage when uh, Nebraska needs them the most. That's amazing. And so Kenzie, after tonight... Third in single season digs with 95 behind Danny Buffoon Kelly, who coached her her freshman year um, and recruited her and everything, and Justine Wong Arantes, who she succeeded as a libero, who is again another um, legendary player in the program. It just seems like they every year they've got uh, a new program legend, but that's kind of what John Cook does here. But uh, and then first last year she was already first in single season aces. She had thirteen aces last last postseason, which is absurd. And I believe um, uh, the records were kind of confusing, but I think that might be tied for the record for anybody, not not just Nebraska, but for um, 
um, anybody in NCAA. So, and, and so at the end of the day, randomly yelling outside yeah. of our hotel room. At the end of the day, sorry, Jacob, I was rudely interrupting you. <laughs> yeah. Continue, please. So they finished their careers um, with the most uh, NCAA tournament matches and sets played by any player in Nebraska history. So that just kind of goes to show you what kind of legendary um, career these players have had. Um, because they, again, four straight final, only six programs, six teams have ever done that. Um, and Nebraska, Nebraska became the sixth, the sixth now. And I mean, I don't, you don't need a qualifier to make that sound amazing. Yeah. Like <laughs> imagine, imagine a basketball, like Duke doesn't do that in basketball. Duke, no. Duke doesn't do that in college basketball. No, nobody does. It, it's amazing. Okay. I want to stick on Kenzie for a second because. You and I were kind of talking about something. What's what's her name? Morgan Hentz. Yes. Uh, was she co-most outstanding player? Correct. Of Along the with Catherine Plummer. Yeah. So she was amazing. Incredible. Stanford's uh, libero. She was amazing. Yeah. So I. But, yeah. Go ahead. But so was Kenzie Maloney. Yeah. Like Hentz is going to overshadow, and Fecky to a degree is going to overshadow. Kenzie Maloney had a really really good game. Seventeen digs, four assists. Numbers, like, Hence had 32 digs. <laughs> she was everywhere. But Kenzie Maloney was amazing. Yeah. And so I, again, four years of Justine Wong-Arantes and Kenzie Maloney. So I'm used to seeing some incredible libero play. But some some of the plays Hence made tonight was just unreal. There was one rally where she legit made four jaw, jaw-dropping digs to keep the play alive. Like, Nebraska could not get the ball down. Because she was on that side of the net. Honestly, the co- the two most outstanding players of that match were Morgan Hens and Michaela Fecky, not Catherine Plummer. But um, it says right in the in the email to us who are supposed to vote on all tournament team that they're going to choose the uh, a player from the winning team for the most outstanding player. So it's dumb. LeBron James yep. was the MVP of the 2015 or the 2016 NBA Finals. No arguments. 2015? Yeah, 16. Yeah. No, 15. <laughs> Whatever. Whichever one it was. Kenzie point. Maloney was amazing. Yes, That's she was. That's the point we need, to, we need to talk about. Because, and, yes, Hence was awesome, but Maloney was really, really good. Like, and, and, and I don't know, maybe I don't, it's because I don't have like a baseline to compare yeah. anything to because I'm like, all I've watched is Nebraska and they're really freaking good at volleyball. Yeah. But like, Kenzie looked amazing. Yeah. Just in terms of, their reaction time, like, like I just got to talk to you about this because as somebody that <laughs> doesn't watch this regularly, like the reaction time to be able to do some of the stuff that Kenzie can do is 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 impressive in its own right. Oh yeah, and so the thing, like Michaela Fecky, seeing her put down some of the kills, she does some of the smashes, like that's fun. But Maloney has been the player that I've enjoyed watching the most on this team just because of some of the plays that she has made that you talk about, the sprinting into the, the into the crowd, diving over the bench, somehow getting to balls that she has no right getting to. Well, yeah, and, she had one tonight. She had, a, she had a dig off of what probably should have been a point for Stanford, and then it kind of, like, I'm trying to remember the exact play, but it didn't go where it needed to go, and I think it was... Lexi's son, who was behind her, that saved it, but didn't really save yeah. it. And then Kenzie was able to get up off of the court and track that down and get it back over the net. Yeah. Like, some, she's, and I'm speaking a ton in hyperbole because I don't have, you know, I don't have numbers in front of me like yeah. you do. But she, like, the the instincts that she plays yes. with and the quickness that she has to to get up and down 
Yeah. It's it's impressive to watch. Well, she's she's the best athlete on that team, bar none, and one of the best pure athletes in the Nebraska athletics department um, across sports. Like she is phenomenal. Her testing numbers I mean, they don't really tell us exactly what they are, but she like set records in the Husker power. Um, the way they go through their testing and everything, like she is an unbelievable athlete. And on top of that, like you said, her instincts and the way she's able to figure out where she needs to get to and um, beat the ball there is just unbelievable. And honestly, <laughs> Nicklin, like, Kenzie had, re- had really good numbers this year for digs, but Nicklin Haynes actually suppressed what Kenzie might have been able to do this year from a numbers perspective because Nicklin is so good defensively. Like, there's so many times where Nicklin's, like, diving out of nowhere to dig a ball that maybe somebody else probably could have gotten to, maybe whether it be Kenzie or somebody else. But Nicklin's so good in, about getting to a, where the ball's going to go and digging that thing up. So, like, again, she had 17 digs tonight. Um, but, uh, what, Nicklin had 12. Um, like, she, she set, Nicklin set a record for double-doubles, not by a freshman, by a player. This season, as a freshman, she had twenty-five. I think she ended up breaking it by uh, by three uh, by three double doubles. Jordan Larson's record, best um, freshman athlete. On <laughs> so and and tying all this together, um, did she I, win a Big Ten Freshman of the Year award? I believe I don't believe so. No, oh, it, okay. like oh. more Minnesota won like all the awards oh. because yeah, because Minnesota. But they but, didn't win the team awards. Yep. <laughs> I, I, they they did win the conference, so they, didn't they did. win the one that matters though. Neither did Nebraska. Nebraska played for it though. <laughs> that is true. In Minnesota's <laughs> home, I was yeah. about to say building, but they don't play at the Target Center. In no, their no. home, correct. So anyway, so Target Center was cool. Oh yeah, it was. Fun. It was fun. I've been there a few times. I've uh, been there as a fan, never um, covering an event there, but um, yeah, it's a pretty cool facility. But tying this all back together, Kenzie and Nicklin, and I asked. Uh, I asked Kenzie kind of, what kind of hands that uh, her and the other seniors are leaving um, this program in. And so she said, amazing hands. And here's a quote. I know Nick one is going to lead this team back here again next year. Hardest working team I've ever been on. I've said that before. I know that they put their minds to something. They're going to achieve those goals. So that's kind of Kenzie's last message to Husker fans and that's kind of how I ended my recap as well with that because I felt like that was a powerful way to kind of bridge a gap between the end of this season and looking ahead to next year and um, what everything that Nebraska has coming back. So I want to I want to play this little segment from John Cook from the the post game press conference where he's basically talking about like I think what the theme for next year is going to be let's play this clip. Well, as of right now, the, the legacy has to get passed on, and uh, Michaela and Kenzie both have done a phenomenal job of showing these younger players how to make a team, build a team, create a team, get them playing together, and where they could probably play better than the sum of their parts, which I think this team did, and especially the last two months. Um, so they've just been great leaders in that. They've, they've been great teachers. They've been great examples. And as I told them in the locker room that Michaela and Kenzie and, you know, Brooke's part of that as well, that they, they have created a legacy here over the last four years that we're, we're all going to be chasing. I'm going to have to become a better coach. Our returning players are going to have to find a way to go to another level to try to even reach what these guys have done. And, you know, if you look at over the last four years, 
They're 51 and three in the months of November and December. And it's not like we're playing a bunch of nobodies in, month, in November and in the NCAA tournament. And four, uh, they've had, you know, I don't know how many different assistant coaches over those four years. They've been to four Final Fours, won two of them, lost in a, in a semi, and now lost in a final. So that puts it up, those guys' legacy way up there in college volleyball. But we're, we're going to make a commitment. Lauren's going to be one of the leaders. We're going to make a commitment and chase that legacy. So that, to me, is pretty interesting. And, and he singled out Lauren Stiverance there. And I think... You know, she she had a quote. She's like, I'm not, I'm not, I hope to be, but she doesn't think she's going to be half the player or the half the captain that, that Kenzie or, or Fecky were. But I mean, like, she'll be a junior next year. She'll be the, the leader. Yes. Probably the face of the program. Yeah. Yep. Like, what's the, you know, I, I said this from the jump, but is it realistic to say that, yeah, this team's going to be on this stage for the next couple of years to come because of the young core that they have around them? Yeah. Or is it, yeah, I I think it is. Um, they again, they're gonna have to have a couple players step up. Lexi Sun, this was by far one of her worst matches yeah, as a Husker. Struggled. Unfortunately, she really struggled. But they. But can. even then, she had 15 digs, and, and I, you know, I made a comment through it, towards the end of the match, like she was coming up with momentum plays when they needed it. Yeah, no, and she is that talented. That's yeah. that, that's kind of the point I'm trying to get at. It's like. Nebraska needs her to step up. They can't afford to her have these kind of matches because Fecky isn't going to be there. Lexi's going to be that player. Yeah, the safety net's Lo- gone. Because yeah, as good of as good as Lauren is as a middle blocker, she's a middle blocker. Just by the nature of the game, she's not going to get the number of sets that an outside hitter is. So someone like Lexi is going to have to step up and take a lot of that uh, responsibility left by um, Fecky. So they're going to need those. A couple players to step up and take over, but I think team wide they may not have those two um, all time legends in the program leading you. But team wide, I think they're going to be stronger next year than they were this year, and it'll be interesting to see what some of the incoming freshmen, because like Cook does every year, he's got a really strong recruiting class coming in and a couple of talented outside hitters. So we'll see what those two can and what those few players can add to the mix, but. Capri, Capri Davis, is she an underclassman? Yeah, fr- true freshman. True freshman? Yep. Would and she surprise you, show you some things tonight? She looked pretty Yeah, five pretty good. kills on eight swings. Yeah. And that's something that Cook, uh, he, midway through the conference season, uh, they were really struggling with Jazz Sweet kind of in that spot because in that one rotation, she's on the left side of the court as opposed to the right side, where she normally is. I mean, it's right side hitter. She's a lefty. So that's the side of the court that she likes to be on because it allows her to hit back um, and kind of take better angles with her swings. Nebraska was struggling to get out of that rotation. So Cook went to Davis and subbed her in for that one rotation and pretty much did that the rest of the season. And she she wasn't always uh, the most effective. Um, She was a little wild at times, a little erratic. But that's the way they wanted her to play. They wanted her to be fearless, to just go out there and swing the heck out of the ball. And that's what they needed from her in that role. And again, tonight, five kills on eight swings, only one error. She only missed one time. So that those were some huge contributions. And then she had a big swing in the fifth set as well for a kill. So um, that, that, again, like you said, Capri, Lexi, they're going to need some of these players to step up. But you mentioned Lauren being the leader. And 
that'll be really interesting to kind of see how that develops because Lauren said from the start of the season she wanted to try to help be a leader because she was a sophomore like most everybody else, underclassmen, but she's a redshirt sophomore. She's been in the program for a few years now. So she had a little bit more experience than uh, a lot of the other players. So though she wasn't kind of necessarily one of the day-to-day leaders, she tried to step up and help those seniors as much as she could. And I think down the stretch of the season, Cook put more and more of that onto her to try to help develop her into that leadership role to get her ready the, for next year. And I think Nicklin's going to be in that uh, that role as well. She's going to be one of the team leaders next year, even though she'll only be a sophomore. And it'll be really interesting to see how kind of the the program adopts their identity next year because they are completely different um, from Michaela and Kenzie, who are um, just calm, cool, collected, n- never too high, never too low. Um, <laughs> Lauren and Nicklin are the two it's most... difference is a fireball. Yeah, and, and Nicklin's the same way. Like, those two, like, uh, so... On thir- Thursday's match, during that last, uh, during the challenge, that uh, the huge challenge at the end of the fifth set um, that went Nebraska's way, um, the players are out on on the court, um, kind of waiting to hear the call. And like uh, towards the tail end of that break, those two were jumping into, kind of doing uh, body bumps into each other, getting each other fired up, ready to go close out that match. It was Nick one and Lauren, and um, I just kind of I, I, I thought that was kind of a cool moment. It's like that's who those two players are, and that's who are going to be the team's leaders next year, those really fired up, um, excitable players and completely different um, from the leadership um, from this year's team. But um, I'm excited to see kind of where those two can take the team next year. So I think one of my last questions for you on volleyball, and then we can transition over to basketball. Um, So the seventh seed Huskers were. Yep. Stanford was a a number one seed, top overall seed two-time defending National Player of the Year. Um, they one, were One loss all year long. They were expected to win. They were expected to win this tournament. Nebraska was not expected to be in the Final Four. This was, <clears throat> just given the name recognition of the two programs, this was billed as a heavyweight bout, and it yeah. was every bit as amazing as it was billed as. Do you think people will be upset feeling like a national championship got away because of how good Fecky was and because of, you know, Nebraska. This thing was back and forth in the fifth set until two service errors from the Huskers kind of gave Stanford some breathing. Yeah. So do you think there's a little bit of, we let it slip away, or do you think there's a lot of pride in you're down 0-2 to Illinois and you come roaring back and you win that and you come to the national championship and then you go toe-to-toe with Stanford who was a bigger team, who was an older team, and you took them to the brink. What, I mean, wh- wh- how do you think – I'm asking you to project yeah. a little bit, but how do you think the fan base is reacting to this? Yeah, that's a tough one. I think – I mean, talking to the players, and I think they kind of see it as mix of both. Like, I, I think they're disappointed. Uh, Cooks even talked about, again, mentioned a couple, couple errors in that fifth set. And honestly, you go back to the first set. Nebraska should have won that one. They had a chance to close it out. They couldn't quite do it. A few mistakes here and there gave Stanford the edge. Yeah, you and told me after that set that was going to be big. Yeah, because Fecky opened up playing out of her mind. So did Stiverens. And they blocked what, uh, Plummer, what, two, three times? 
forced four uh, errors in the first frame. Like that's not ha- that's not going to happen very often. And for Nebraska to do that and still not win the set, I was worried that oh boy, here we go. This could be a three four set loss. And to Nebraska's credit, they battled right back. Um, took that next set. Got destroyed in the third set, and again, washed it away, came back, and destroyed Stanford in turn in the fourth set. Um, so there's definitely a big element of um, kind of a missed opportunity here. Like you said, Fecky and Loney would have been awesome for them, uh, the underclassmen. They were re- they really wanted this for those seniors. Would have been cool for them to close this out kind of in storybook, um, fairy tale ending fashion, but it didn't happen. But again, like we talked about with everybody that we got coming back next year, this is a huge learning experience for those freshmen, for those sophomores, for Lexi Sun, who um, made the tournament last year with Texas, but didn't make it quite as far as the national title game and just now experienced her first run with Nebraska and kind of the different expectations uh, and the different way Nebraska does things. So yes, it's a missed opportunity, but I, I think once the dust is going to settle and I've already seen it from some of the fans, how excited they are for next year and about the young players and everything. So <laughs> I, I think now we're seeing most of the fan attention turn towards the Stanford, uh, white picture gate. Indeed. Picture gate. I've created two hashtags tonight. <laughs> um, we don't need to talk. Well, yeah. We don't need to talk about yeah. that because it's stupid and childish and, and maybe a little overblown, but just really childish. Yeah. Um, basketball, Nebraska ball. So they, they beat Creighton, sorry about that, yeah. <laughs> a week ago. Um, you and I were talking about this on the the car right back to our hotel. That game was weird, I think, in a couple ways. And, this, and you wrote about this on HaleVarsity.com, that Creighton's game plan that they had coming in basically like allowed that to happen the way that it, that it played out. Uh, Nebraska shot lights out from the three-point line. James Palmer... I don't know how many games you're going to get. What was he, six of seven from three? Correct. You're not going to get that. You're not going to be able to rely on that. Um, uh, I'd be willing to bet that won't ever happen again. Because <laughs> it's never happened before. True. Well, he was shooting 21% coming in, or 23%, 23%. or whatever it was. Yes. Really bad percentage from three. Um, we were talking about this on the, on the car ride back to the hotel. So that game, Nebraska wanted that one badly. Yes. You could tell. They wanted it for Miles. They wanted it for themselves. They wanted it for the fans. They wanted that one badly that is they poured a lot into that one not just in terms of uh effort but emotional yeah whatever you want to call it like they wanted that one badly like is it can you expect them to play like that in the remainder of their big games to close out this season i don't think you can i think that game's an outlier yes that i def the short answer is no you can't expect that again both from the, like you you had mentioned, not only from the shooting perspective, like Nebraska's shot somewhat like that a couple of times, but it was against teams that weren't, that couldn't offer. They give up threes. Yeah, it, it was against teams that couldn't provide any kind of challenge for Nebraska. Like Mississippi Valley State, I think they had 15 threes in and uh, one of the first or second game of the year. Um, Creighton isn't Mississippi Valley State. They're not, they're not a defensive juggernaut, but... They're a good basketball team, and Nebraska not only beat them at their own game, they made three more threes than Creighton did, because Creighton shot pretty well from three as well, um, thanks to Mitch Ballack. Yep. But, um, so th- that's not going to happen again. You're not often going to outshoot one of the best shooting teams in the country. 
and but like you also said that the emotional the effort behind i they so completely won the 50 50 battle the hustle game like they almost every single loose ball it was either nebraska or went out of bounds or creighton got it and then nebraska got it back um i mean that nana kenton diving on the floor to get that ball as a creighton player or two is kind of waiting for it to roll out to them that kind of just i mean that that okay that you can't replicate though yeah and oh, yeah. that, that you need to replicate yes. because of the fact that you don't shoot the ball very well. Nebraska, and you and I have kind of talked about this a lot. I think like for them to be able to accomplish what they want to accomplish, I think they have the pieces because they play, they play such stout defense. They don't make a ton of mistakes defensively, and they have strong guard play. That, like, that to me, is what wins you basketball games in March. So, the, And this was a big win. I don't yes. want to take that away from them because this is a huge, huge win. Creighton might not be Creighton of old, but Creighton is still Creighton, and they still have name recognition, and they are still going to be viewed as a big-time win for Nebraska when we get around to talking yes. about the NCAA tournament. I said it at the game, that might be their best win of the season, regardless of how the rest of the season yeah. closes out, just because of everything that was around it. Is it, I mean, is that the high point of this season? Uh, well, if Nebraska manages to make the postseason, then it definitely won't... Um... If Nebraska, <laughs> so they make the postseason. Hot take, Jacob. Yeah, making your prediction, they're going to make the postseason. I yeah. Tim Miles will live to see another season. I I think so. Okay. I th- so the my big takeaway from that game is honestly that I. It's a better question to ask. What yes. your takeaway? That that game gave me a lot more respect for Nebraska and this. I I mean I've covered this program the last three four years. Like always in the back of my mind, there's well, it's. It's going to go wrong because it has gone wrong every single time. The last must-win game Nebraska had, Michigan Big Ten Tournament last year. They got annihilated, yeah, got embarrassed. They the had to win that game. This Creighton game, like, it not quite the same stakes, but Nebraska had to have this game. Oh, I they think were, it was the same stakes. I mean, you got tournament. No, uh, I think this yeah. season could have unraveled if they lost that game. That, that's Yeah, that's the truth. So, I mean, but... Um, regardless, but I get huge, huge stakes on the line, and Nebraska had to have it because, um, again, lost seven straight to Creighton. McDermott or Miles had never beat McDermott. And you, you look at Creighton's top four scores are underclassmen. Nebraska's got the three seniors plus Roby. So you think, like, moving forward, Nebraska, Creighton um, might have the edge. Uh, this year, Nebraska definitely had the edge in talent. Creighton might have it moving forward. So they had to get this win. And you're like preparing Husker fans for like, yeah, this was nice, but you're not going to get another one. No, <laughs> but my point is they had to get this win okay. and they got it. Okay. They, they, they rose to the occasion this time. They did not fall off like they have in the past. And that's, that gives, again, I don't think they're going to be able to replicate this, this effort in exactly a combination of the effort and the execution. But I do definitely think, I have a lot more faith in this team now than I did going into that game because of the way they played. So they've got the they've got the win against Clemson. Um, they've got obviously now a win against Creighton. They'll play Oklahoma State at a neutral site Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening, I guess. Um, that would be a big win. Oklahoma State, it kind of like Creighton, their name brand program. Um, you've got what do we see at Maryland? You've got at Iowa. Do they not play Michigan this year? They they Oh, they play at Michigan yeah. on February 28th. Yep. Michigan State. 
it kind of sets up nicely for them to close out the season. Purdue at home, at Michigan State, at Michigan, Iowa at home in your last four games. Yeah. I mean, they got they got a chance to to win some to win some big ones. Yeah, and that's the difference between this season and last is not only is the Big Ten better, and I think those teams are going to hold up and show themselves to be better as we get into conference play, but Nebraska's schedule is much more balanced. They're not playing Rutgers twice. They're not playing Penn State at the bottom. They're not playing all these teams that are in the bottom of the league twice. Their their schedule is balanced between the good teams and the bad teams that they get twice on their schedule. So they'll have more opportunities to get those big wins. Michigan State this year is very vulnerable. That's still going to be a tournament team. That's still a top 25 team. It's not quite a juggernaut. They don't have the top-end talent that they had last year with guys like Miles Bridges and Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, and like you said, well, Nebraska the gets was, them at home in the stretch run. The problem was last year the Big Ten only got four big uh, tournament teams. Yes. I think they're going to have six this six, year. Six, seven, yeah. It'll be, it'll be back to normal. Yes. And Nebraska will benefit from that greatly because you don't have to finish third and be like, you You don't have to pound your chest and say, we, we finished third in a Power Six conference. You can finish fourth or fifth. And given the schedule that you played, and given the wins that Nebraska already has, if they beat Oklahoma State on Sunday, that is a that's a that's a very good offense that the Cowboys have, and a well-respected team. That's a that's three huge non-conference wins for you before you even get to some of the bigger conference games on your schedule. Yeah, the the question is, um, is Oklahoma going to Oklahoma State going to be able to turn things around and finish strong, do well in the Big Twelve because they're below 500 now right four and five or five and four or whatever they are um they, they, they played some really good teams and they haven't been able to beat them um you look at clemson and they're kind of uh sliding down um they lost to both creighton and nebraska where they we don't finish need to in the start ACC. talking about how much how, we don't need to start that. i don't think seton hall is going to be a great win so that they've done solid in the non-conference seton hall just beat kentucky that says a lot more about Kentucky than it does Seton Hall. But they still won. A yeah. win is a win. So but congrats to Nebraska on beating Kentucky. I, my, Transitive properties exist. So then, when, does, when was Kentucky's last national championship? Uh, Do you know? Off the top of your head. I don't know what year it was, but Nebraska gets credit for that national championship now. what? Transitive properties. <laughs> That's not... Is that what it works? <laughs> no, it isn't. No, oh, by the way. Did you see the uh, the UCF guy at tonight's volleyball match? No, I didn't. There was a guy walking around with a, you. I turned to you and said, there was a guy walking around Target Center with a UCF volleyball button-up shirt on. And as we walked past him, I turned to you and I said, he's here to claim the national championship. Oh, okay, yeah, I do remember that now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I laughed at that, actually. <laughs> it's probably just such a bad joke, you blocked it out of your memory. I try to do that with most of your jokes. Ouch. <laughs> but point is, the Big Ten is offering Nebraska what it needs to make the tournament and get itself a good seat as long as it takes care of business. Does it? It does. I think it will. What do you think Nebraska realistically finishes in the Big Ten? <sighs> Schedule-wise, like what's a, what's a good range that you think that they should hit, and if they don't, there are issues? they they got to be a top-five team. Um, I, the thing is, it'll be interesting to see how these teams kind of end up, how, how the league fleshes out, because I think we have a chance to see kind of a clump of teams um, 
where you've got a, a few different teams tied in that four to eight range, somewhere like so. But I, Nebraska definitely needs to be in that mix. If, if there is a little bit of separation, they got to be in that top five again, kind of similar to where they were last year, win 11, 12, 13 games. And this year, I think those wins will carry more weight than they did last year and be enough to get them into the tournament. Did their win over Creighton change, um, I guess, your confidence in them being able to hit that? Yes. Like I said, 100%. I have a lot more faith in this team being able to get the wins that it needs when it really needs them than I did heading into that game. One thought on Oklahoma State on the Sunday game. Are you offering a one thought? No, or are I'm you asking? You, give me okay. one one thought. Well, one the, the, short thought. That, that, yeah, that was just kind of a, a statement. There was no really question mark. Well, it's a question or... mark now, Jacob. <laughs> if you could answer the question, please, so that we could all go to sleep. <laughs> I, I, I think the uh, the fun part um, will be Nebraska's three point defense against Oklahoma State's three point offense. Mm-hmm. Um, like we mentioned, Creighton they still shot forty percent. And um, Illinois, Mitch Ballack hit everything he threw up. Yeah, that that happened, and that'll happen a few more times for him. But um, I, I I think it'll be because Oklahoma State really struggled to score inside the arc. Um, what boy Lindy Waters shooting thirty five percent on two pointers, I, I believe something like that. Did you That's, say my boy Lindy yeah. Waters? <laughs> what your brother's boy, I guess. Shout out to Daniel. <laughs> yeah, glad we could fit him into this podcast. But uh, not that he listens to it. Yeah, no, I don't listen to it either. So okay, well you're on it. So. Yeah, I just listened to the whole two thing. two weeks in a row. Yeah. You don't get to complain Look about at that. that anymore. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I better. Oh, I was gonna say this turned into a long thought on Oklahoma State. Yeah, but short thought on Oklahoma State. Three point defense yeah. against their three point offense yep, is gonna be fun. that'll be the key. Okay, who wins? Nebraska, unless we find out that. Glenn Watson Jr. and you know, Isaac Copeland are both sick. Are yeah. yeah. So if Nebraska's got most of their rotation, uh, I think they win by 10, 15 points, something like that. If Nebraska's missing a really key piece, then it's going to be a struggle because we've seen they do not have a whole lot of depth. There you have it. <clears throat> Jacob and I will be at Sunday's match um, game. Get back into basketball. Swing of basketball. Jacob and I will be there. We'll have coverage on HaleVarsity.com. We'll have all the social stuff on uh, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. My brain's shutting down on me. So we'll, we'll 3 have, a.m., yeah. That's yeah, understandable. Yeah, we'll have plenty of coverage throughout the week. Um, Jacob's going to have a bunch of stuff written up from this national championship because the coverage did not stop tonight. Um, we will continue, so just keep it with HaleVarsity.com. We'll be back with a regularly scheduled Friday podcast next Friday. Uh, so keep, keep, an, keep an eye out for that if I could talk. I think we should stop. Jacob, thank you for joining me until um, we're close to your bedtime now. <laughs> Problem is now we got to go do more work. Well, i got to go edit this podcast together, so we're going to stop talking. Thanks, guys, for listening, and we'll talk to you later.